hi there, I'm Luke, and I'm here with uh, Mikey. Hello. And Marzi as well. Hey uh, guys. Tackling the Text. Uh, tackling the Text is where we go a little deeper into God's Word and think about how to preach it well on Sunday. Uh, you're here at Chapel Wheel with us, and um, we're starting a new series called Finding More. And uh, the passage today is from Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 2. So, uh, Marzi, do you want to read it out for us, and then we'll talk about it? No worries. So, the passage that we're reading is Ecclesiastes 2, uh, verses 1 to 11. So, I said to myself, come now, I'll test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruits in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone else in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delight of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eye desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Thanks, Marzi. Uh, Mikey, why did you choose this passage to start our series on finding more with? Yeah, so the first talk is going to be about finding a satisfaction that's not based on circumstances. And really, I thought this passage really um, really speaks into that, the reality that um, as we chase after many things, there's always something that um, we're not satisfied in life. Mm-hmm. So I thought the, the author of Ecclesiastes uh, talks very realistically about that dilemma. And uh, so... As you kind of started to break it down, reading, prepping for your talk, uh, what came out to you uh, as you read it through for the first time? Yeah, um, I think it's probably helpful to look at um, the book as a whole. I think Ecclesiastes, you need to read it uh, as a companion to Proverbs. So Proverbs is, uh, both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are wisdom books. So they're books on how to live wisely. Proverbs, when you read it, feels like if you follow God and you obey His commands, life will go really well. Mm. Uh, but as we know that um, that's not always the case in living our life in a broken world. And so we have Ecclesiastes to kind of fill in the exceptions in life. So we do believe that as we follow God's ways, uh, that's the path to true humanity. That's the path to true goodness Uh, but the reality is there's always exceptions. And what's great about Ecclesiastes, it it speaks into those exceptions, really particularly talking about the ironies in life. 
Um, and so that's the, really the starting point of Ecclesiastes. And so with this particular passage, um, it talks about the irony that um, about a person who seems to have everything in life but is not yet satisfied. Mm. And that's a real irony because we have this assumption that if we live like uh, this person here, life would be defined as a success. Uh, but as we read at the end, verse 11, when I surveyed all the, that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you talked a bit that this comes in, a, the, you've got to think of the overall context of the book. I guess this is uh, narrative in terms of its, its genre. It's telling a story. So can you talk a bit about the challenge in uh, taking a short part of a larger book and then, and then preaching on it? Like, how are you going to uh, manage that? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the great thing about narrative, uh, the, the strength of it, um, uh, the story form is very relatable. So, for example, mm. when you look at verse 2, it says, Laughter, I said, is madness. Um, and that kind of relates as we see the irony of comedians who are very funny but uh, can be personally very um, depressed and sad. And uh, you might have heard of many very famous comedians who have actually committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you go to verse 3, try try cheering myself with wine. Um, Again, uh, that's also... Very short, but also very relatable in the sense that uh, we have this culture of um, wanting to party. Uh, we definitely have a very drink, a strong drinking culture, <laughs> um, but we see the folly of that uh, as well. Um, as well as the next one, verse 4, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. Uh, that's really the Australian dream, isn't it? Uh, all of our obsession with house renovations <laughs> speaks right there. So uh, I, think, I think what's great about it being story form, um, these stories are personal stories and they're really timeless in terms of the human, mm. speaking about human nature. All right, well, let's try and uh, dig a bit deeper and exegete the passage. Um, how, does, how does the passage flow? Like, what's the, the kind of logic to it as, as we break it down in detail? Yeah, um, it starts with the keyword meaningless. And it's really helpful to actually understand what that means, even though uh, we have a segment called Greek Work of the Week. We're actually not looking at Greek, we're looking at uh, Hebrew. Uh, uh, and so uh, the Hebrew word for meaningless is actually not meaningless, it actually means vapor or smoke Mm -hmm. and so it's saying our pursuits for pleasure are not necessarily meaningless in the sense they're futile Um, so whether it's good wine or a a good house renovation they're not futile Uh, so I don't there's a misconception that those worldly things Mm. uh, are of useless for the Christian Mm. life and so we are to have this division between uh, worldly things versus spiritual things. Mm. Uh, what we do in church and what we do outside of church, there's no, there's not the divide. All it's saying is, if we pursue these worldly things for pleasure, then it is meaningless. Sense it, it's like vapor. Uh, it's like smoke. It's elusive. You can't quite catch it. It's very yeah. temporal. Mm. Um, and so that that really drives the text as we look mm. at. Mm 
pursuits for pleasure as we uh, is the kind of the key thought that starts in verse two. That's a really that's a really interesting point actually because um, havel, which is like, like that that Hebrew word, is um, is very different to like the the King James version, which has vanity of vanities, all is vanity, which kind of comes from this like Latin tradition where they translated that word as vanitas, which mm. is where we get vanity from. But when you go back to the Hebrew, it, it's very different. Like it's not saying oh, everything that's created is evil, but it's more like what you're saying that it's elusive. Elusive, that's right. So as we as we then break down the structures, as as um, the author kind of uh, seeks wine in verse three, um, seeks great projects in verse four, uh, if we go down to verse 9, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem as we seek power. Um, they're elusive in the sense they're temporal in terms of um, a sense of satisfaction. So it kind of just gives, as we break it down, it touches on some key human pursuits, but the overall tone is to say, hey, look, here are some examples but I've tried everything under the sun and it's come out the same. It's all elusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, are there some things in this passage that are a bit technical or tricky that uh, uh, you're, you're wading through that might not necessarily make it into the sermon? Um, not, necessarily, not necessarily anything technically tricky. Uh, but more some cultural stuff like I probably won't tackle uh, verse 7, but male and female slaves. Mm. Um, That's probably not quite the Australian dream anymore, is it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, uh, also in the second half of verse 8, I acquired male and female singers and a harem. Um, so that, that kind of is tricky territory uh, culturally. Mm. Uh, whereas back then, in terms of success, power, and wealth, those were kind of key. You'd have slaves and prostitutes. Was kind of that was part of the package. Part of the package. Not really uh, the case today. Not in the case today. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've exited the passage a bit. I guess before we think about applying it, um, how are you going to land the talk? So I guess Ecclesiastes is a tricky book because it seems like the moral of the story is everything's elusive, mm. uh, which seems like a pretty, pretty good critique of our culture, but how do you land that into a sermon? Yeah, so uh, to land it, um, it's, again, a reading in context. So um, even though it's not in the reading per se, but I will take people to the end of chapter two of Ecclesiastes. Um, and so I'll read it out from the end from verse 24, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. Mm. This too, I see, is from the hand of God, for without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives a task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. So where we'll land is, it's interesting in the sense that the instruction or the encouragement is to actually enjoy the eating and drinking and actually define satisfaction um, in some of those things that um, is covered in chapter 2. But the key perspective is to see it in relationship to God. Mm. Um, To see that God is the one who provides these things as good gifts 
and there's totally nothing wrong to finding satisfaction in those things. Um, but it actually narrows it and gives a more healthier expectation that those things, even though you can find satisfaction, are kind of temporal rather than expecting it to have this overwhelming lasting satisfaction. Mm -hmm. um, so where I'll land is um, maybe a bit of a, an illustration. The way I might summarize it is to have a picture of, of life as being on a boat adrift in sea. And, this, and the sea is kind of big, dark, and mysterious. Uh, it's kind of unknown. But there's two ways that you can float in the sea. You can admit that there's no meaning, there's no purpose in life, and we're just waiting to die. Um, or you can kind of see that there are some islands of fun where we can have pleasure of eating and drinking and working, um, and to know that, hey, they're just islands. They're not the ultimate destination. Mm. And so it's okay to have a stopover in an island and enjoy it, but it's not the, you know, the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. There's more to life. Well, talking uh, applications, I guess we have to understand our culture in order to help, help it uh, understand the gospel. And who better to do that than our resident <laughs> member of the Baristas Guild, uh, Marzi. So, Marzi, um, what aspects of our culture does this passage speak to? Um, well, I think... What reminded me of instantly was um, a quote from Jim Carrey that I've actually been looking into, uh, where he says, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see it's not the answer. Uh, I think the, the culture that we're living in right now, um, mm -hmm. the people that we are, are, are meeting, um, they're, they're rich. Um, they're, they've earned their wealth. Uh, they worked for their wealth. Um, and ever since uh, a very long time ago, or even a short in, in my life as well, um, we see people becoming and chasing after uh, materialistic gains. I am um, an avid fan of Kickstarter and Indiegogo, <laughs> um, but that is just, it shows you just how many people uh, love material, um, getting the next best thing that them, promises them a better way of life, um, more satisfying life. Um, and I think um, what's really, really important um, is that they see it um, as the final destination. Um, mm -hmm. People see materials or things or people, relationships, work, um, housing um, as a final destination that all of a sudden this is going to solve all their problems. Mm. But as we can see that it doesn't, it is a miss. Um, it is temporary. But so many people in our world continues to see it that way. And, and get crushed when it doesn't. Mm, um, mm. And they move on to the next thing, and that's the cycle of life they live. Mm, mm. All right. Um, as we wrap up, Mikey, if, if people remember one thing from, from this talk that you're preparing, uh, what's the one tweet that you're hoping that people are going um, to retweet after they um, listen to your sermon? Yeah, I think, I think the, the one thing would be Satisfaction is found in a God who gives good gifts. Mm. It's around how do we prioritize and order our love and satisfactions. And it's putting God first uh, above the gifts, mm. not the other way around. Great. Well, I'm excited for that. 
Um, it feels right that we finish our time by praying. So, Mikey, do you want to pray in light of the things that we've just talked about? Yeah. Our Heavenly Father, um, help us to order our loves so that we find our ultimate love, enjoyment, and satisfaction in you. And that allows us to find also satisfaction in the good gifts you give us. In some ways, when we put you at the center of our lives, we can have you and your gifts. But if we flip things around, Lord, when we neglect you and take you out of the equation, then the good gifts becomes things that are ultimately dissatisfying and cause us great pains and it causes us to lose sight of who we're meant to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That was Tackling the Text. We'll see you next week.